0: Take a few deep breaths. Get present with where you are in this world, in this moment, in this body, now. Listen in to an intimate conversation where hopefully you hear something inspiring and get to be witness to what it's like to be in a sacred conversation where there's potential for healing, change, and transformation. I'm Jen Coffey, Sacred Space Holder for Transformation. Listen in. I'm going to let you introduce yourself any way you'd like and begin your story. Okay.
1: So I'm Annie Nackvi and I work as an executive transformation expert because I have... Um, I am an expert in transforming my own life. So, and I know the how to help other people transform their lives. So that's what I do. I work with um, high achievers who are striving and I help them move to a place of ease and flow whilst becoming even more successful than they are when they're striving. Hmm. I get it.
0: I also think about myself as working with high achievers, and and I know that you're coming at it with a different approach because of your personal experiences. So how would you say your personal experience impacts your ability
1: to be a successful coach? So as you may have seen, I have survived multiple near-death experiences. I have had very big things happen in my life. So I was in the 2004 Asian tsunami on the east coast of Sri Lanka, which was the second worst hit after Banda Aceh in Indonesia. And uh, I've also survived a stage four cancer diagnosis. And I actually set up my business when I went into uh, remission from stage four cancer about seven or eight years ago now. So my approach is very much informed by my personal experiences Mm. in terms of um, having been through some very dark, difficult and traumatic times in my life and having suffered from depression and anxiety, PTSD, all sorts of things, then I have been able to figure out how to change myself and to transform my own experience into one that is a positive experience and one that is inspiring for others to hear about. So I definitely feel now with the benefit of hindsight that all of those challenges that came to me in my life were also the biggest opportunities for my growth and my transformation. And I wouldn't be the person I am today and/or the coach that I am today without having gone through those experiences. I'm able to really connect in with people empathetically with whatever they're going through because most things I've actually been through myself. And and being open about sharing my story as well has really helped um, a lot of people because, you know, I want to show that just because you've had bad things or challenging things that have happened to us in our lives, being able to talk about those things and share those things, you know, like vulnerability is a strength. So, uh, again, that helps people to open up to me faster I mean sometimes I call myself the crying whisperer because I get clients on their first calls who are never cried or don't cry or they're not the type of people that would cry because they're always strong confident masked, etc and within the first session some of them are crying in their first session which I see that as a good thing because that means that I've created a space that they feel safe and that they are feeling that they can express what's really going on for them. So I believe that that is how my personal experience makes me the coach that I am today. Although I'm working in the executive space, I'm very much working with people as whole people. So not just in a business context, I very much believe that our Work selves, our professional selves, our business—whether se- we've got a business or not—and our relationships all come from us. Okay, so we need to work on ourselves because that is the the core of what we need to work on in order to get better relationships, um, more sales in our business, uh, be get the promotion that we're looking for, all of those kind of things.
0: I couldn't agree with you more what i'm hearing from you and what resonates for me is how by sharing your story of trauma and healing you somehow give permission to your clients to do the same and you create a safe environment where they feel they can share their story the tears are welcome and will be held and cared for and loved in a way that will lead to transformation and healing. And I'm also hearing that you know that this is a lifelong process. Things keep happening. The stories continue. And here we are, you and I, having a conversation, two coaches, who know the experience of trauma and healing and the power of a shared safe space And I'm curious because you've told your story many times in the past about these experiences and somebody could tune into a different podcast to hear those stories. And you might want to tell it again today because every time you tell it, there's more healing potentially, or maybe there's a new story. So I'm curious what part of you wants to have voice today and tell a little more of your story or a different story.
1: It's a good question. So, I mean, I'm happy to. I think that sharing those stories of how one can take those challenges and turn them into opportunities. It's a it's a mindset shift, right? It's about understanding that quite often, more often than not, when challenging things happen to us we will tend to judge those things as negative things bad this bad thing happened to me but i i would like to change the the story there the narrative and reframe that in the sense of welcoming in the adversity that comes into your life
0: mm,
1: mm. and seeing that as the universe or yourself, um, whatever your word is for it, giving you the opportunity for your soul to do what it's here to do. And often we don't see things like that. We just see them as, oh, this bad thing has happened to me. But that's because we're not necessarily looking at what is it that I need to do? Who do I need to be to transcend this challenge and turn it into an opportunity for my growth and often we also you know like the tsunami is a metaphor for for my life in many ways and for many people's lives that you feel like you're drowning um, under the weight of all of the stuff that we have to go through in life and that you know that we sometimes we feel like we've only just got our head above water and then we're underwater again, and then we we come up for for a breath of air and we might have um, moments of of joy and happiness, but then we're back under again. So I think that this is not just a me thing. That you know I think many people experience this. Yeah. So I want people to really to reframe that into opportunities, rather than to think of those things as being negative things, and how you can look at the lessons that life is giving you. I mean, you know, I, I like to think of it this way, that if you've had a very challenging life, then the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, has deemed you strong enough to be able to go through those experiences. And there's a reason why it has that you have those experiences. Yeah. And I know that it's kind of saying whatever, but you know, what doesn't kill you does make you stronger. So I know it's annoying (laughs) these sayings and everything and people go, Oh, what? I've heard that one before, but it's, but it is true. And the thing is, is if you can reframe your positioning from, one of this is a bad experience, and I don't like this. And I want to push this away, which is what most of us try to do, we try to avoid pain, we, um, we try to, you know, we reject it, we react to it. But if you can get to a place in your life, where you are not rejecting any experience, that also means not craving positive experiences as much as as uh, rejecting negative ones, just seeing life for how it really is without Mm. judging it as being good or bad.
0: It's interesting. You just said not craving positive experiences and something in me said, I, and um, as you said that, I imagine you were going to say not craving negative experiences for the opportunity to have more difficulty to sharpen your healing or transformation skills or to have something to jump through. Interesting. So it sounds like you went through this trauma and over time learned to experience your soul's calling to transform through this experience and be able to take the very literal physical into a metaphor to help other people. And there was a spiritual soul moment that happened, that got your attention. And I imagine continue, this, this continues to this moment to guide you. So I'm kind of, I'm curious about that, this connection to something larger and more and a spiritual experience.
1: I mean, I would say that I've always had that really to some extent, right? I, I don't think that, um, although I've transformed a lot, I don't think the core of me is any different to how it was when it was born, if you see what I mean. I think that, you know, as a child, I experienced a lot of kind of psychic phenomenon, let's call it, okay, and I had this deep knowing, you know, as children, we don't question things like we do when we're adults, right, so uh, we're, we're open and we're, we're more susceptible to those kind of things, so as a child, I would experience these kind of um, psychic phenomenons very regularly, And so I knew that there was some deeper connections and things. I could sense that, you know, I would have dreams that would come true and premonitions and, you know, all sorts of telepathic type things and many, many different things. And it's only when I became an adult that I then, you know, I had a concept of what the world was like and, you know, that that we are actually having many lives and that our souls are eternal and all all these kind of things and as a, when i became an adult i kind of said oh to be ridiculous that's all because this you know what i'd learned in society and everything was that these are not uh, true beliefs okay so uh, as an adult i then went away from that but at the se- but i've always had this sense of this deeper connection okay and so Throughout my entire life, I mean, you know, my first crush was on a British politician, okay, <laughs> because I liked his politics when I was nine years old. Okay, I mean, who who does that? Okay, and my friends joke about it with me now as well. Uh, so I obviously was always interested. For, I mean, a nine-year-old being interested in politics and having their first crush as as a politician be simply because mostly because of his politics okay so, so and then and then I was very inspired by Kate AD and Michael Burke when I was growing up who are two um you know foreign correspondents in the UK who worked for the BBC Michael Burke was the one that did the Ethiopian famine story which then obviously triggered Live Aid and Kate AD uh, did the Tiananmen square reporting when when there was all those human rights abuses and killings in Tiananmen square so I'm going back a long time and and those two stories really motivated me to go into journalism as a career because of the impact that I thought that they had had obviously now when I look back at and I look at journalism in general you know there's still human rights abuses in china and there are um there is still famine in ethiopia so being a journalist doesn't actually change anything so i mean i'm talking about since i was a teenager right so this is like nine year old with a crush on a politician and then these things are happening in my early teens and so i like i said always had this sense of something greater that was kind mm. of guiding me or that was that I had this feeling of and so you know that's why that that ended up being my first career and when that didn't you know wasn't quite what I was expecting it to be you know I, I then kind of you know I was still on that kind of path and still trying to find my way with it but you know I, I said I say to Oprah in my interview back in 2005 I know that I have been saved for a purpose I don't know what that purpose is now but I know that it will become clear as time goes on. It's, I believe that the soul comes here to do certain things and until and unless we've done them, it stays here. And that doesn't mean to say that as soon as you've done them, you're going to die the next day or anything. <laughs> but it's just that, you know, we're here for a certain reason. Now, looking back at some of those experiences, let's take the tsunami, for example. It did give me the opportunity to be on Oprah. And now, 15, 20 years later, you know, I've written a book about it. And I've done a number of podcasts about it. I'm an inspiring speaker now as well. And I've used that um, huge, tragic trauma that, you know, happened across the world, and I've turned it into something that is more positive and inspiring. And how... That for me helped me find my purpose and, you know, how potentially whatever is going on for you in your life is it's all part of your learning growth that you're here for. Um, And I often say to people, we're not here just to be born, go to college, um, get a degree, get a job, do a nine to five, get married, have a couple of kids you know, buy a whole bunch of stuff that is completely useless when we die, and then retire and die. That's not, to me, the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to learn, to grow and to develop. And that is why some of us are lucky enough to be given multiple opportunities in which to grow and develop and to find uh, our kind of, you know, get that connection with our mind, body, and spirit, and soul. So beautifully said. You have discovered
0: your life purpose, or all people's life purpose, is to learn, grow, and develop. And while you sort of started out with this interest in journalism, you had these sort of, these psychic knowings from the time you were a small child that you were listening to and following. You're sort of following this listening not sure what it meant or, or or what it was leading to, but you were following it somehow. And then these tragic events happened that you experienced and that shifted your perspective on what life's purpose was. And you've come to this understanding now that it's a constant learning, growing, developing experience of being human. And I'm kind of curious where you are now with this idea of um, – having this sort of knowing listening and i'm wondering so many questions i want to ask you all at once bad coach i should just ask one question if if i okay so i'm going to throw out like 20 questions maybe 3 or 4 or 5 and grab one and you tell me the one you really want to answer and you want to give voice to now because i know after speaking people feel a sense of release and growth and healing like if we are a tree or or a plant that is growing. Every time we have an opportunity to share something that is true, there's an opportunity for growth. And I imagine a lot of what you've just said are things that you've said in inspirational speeches and conversations with clients. And I imagine there's something now that wants voice, that it, that is new or different, something that you have learned. And I'm also curious about how you have gone from journalist to coach because, as a journalist, you are broadcasting voices and stories, and as a coach, you are keeping stories confidential and in of other people. I also am grappling with this right now, so it's sort of like the difference between journalism and coaching—you know, keeping people's private stories as well as broadcasting. And there is this desire to sort of find what is the line in between. What is the the bigger story of? our inner connectivity in transformation and growth as humanity that, that we get to learn about as coaches of many people. Okay. So I've just put out several questions and I'm curious which one you want to grab onto it and respond to, or if there's another question I haven't asked that you really want to give voice to. Sure.
1: So I like your question about the journalism and coaching. I don't see them that differently in some ways because a journalist asks many questions as does a coach the only real different and i and in my personal story i am still broadcasting in many ways so that's not that dissimilar to journalism in fact it's almost the same it just happens to be about a particular my own personal experience rather than reporting on on the news and in terms of holding the people's stuff, I mean, that's not an issue for me. But the thing is, is what one of the things that I do help my clients with is getting comfortable with them sharing their stuff. Because to me, you know, the sign of having really helped someone transform is when they're able to honestly write about, or let, let's say I'm asking for a review or something, for them to honestly be able to talk about their journey in that vulnerable way means I've done my job to the best of my ability because I've mm. given them the confidence and the ability to recognize that it's not a negative thing to, you know, I mean, of course there are some people like, oh, I don't want to, because it's so personal, duh, 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 that kind of thing. But, like I said if I can get people to the point where they are happy and you know confident enough to share their vulnerability you know why because ultimately at the end of the day if you don't care about what other people think about you anymore and you own you nobody has any power over you anymore and that is what coach well that's what I want to do for my clients is I want to empower my clients to be exactly who they are without any apologies but without the negative voices either that we all get you know trampled on our inner critic and all the other negative voices that we have but so to me You know, I personally don't broadcast their stories, obviously, because I'm able to hold their space confidentially for them. But what I do notice is quite often they will willingly share their personal stories as part of, you know, either giving a review or part of their journey in general. And I often say to people, especially when they've had very challenging lives as well, there's a reason why you've been chosen. And. When you get to the point of healing, you may well then choose to use this also to inspire others.
0: Mm. That was so beautifully said. (laughs) Oh, so beautifully said. So I would say, any of your clients or my clients or anybody who's had a coach before, who's had a transformative experience, has moved through the hurt, the pain, the trauma, and gotten to a place of healing and confidence, and comfort, and wants to share their story, please do. Talk to me, talk to your coach, talk to Annie, anybody. Because the more we can share, I believe, the more we can share our stories of transformation, the more inspiring and healing we all as people, humanity, will experience. I, do, I
1: feel like it's a universal healing process that needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with you there. Because... The thing is, you know how many times a client comes to you and says, oh, I bet I'm your worst client or, oh, you know, I don't think you've got any clients that are as bad as me or, you know, am I am I the person that's got the worst impostors? And I'm like, You are nowhere near the worst, and there isn't any worst or better (laughs) anyway. Everybody is experiencing the same thing that you're experiencing. And they do not realize that because they think that their experience is somehow unique. They're the ones who's messed up. And I just, I, you know, tell people, look, we're all programmed to have a negativity bias. This is completely normal and you know it, this is just our brain wiring this is a survival instinct at play this is if i had been told 10 20 years ago that that my the way that i was feeling was was normal because that's how you're geared up for the survival instinct is there and does that to you it would have been such a huge relief to me instead of me going through all this depression and anxiety and darkness and, you know, and then thinking that there was something wrong with me. When actually, really, the kind of survivor brain sets us up for that kind of thing. It's easier to be miserable than it is to be happy. Let me ask you
0: something. You say you wish somebody had told you that sooner. I sometimes think you, even if somebody had told you, or me, or anyone experiencing something like that, you can't really take it in until you're really ready, until you've sort of come to it yourself.
1: Sure, but I mean, I think that um, I think that this feeling of being abnormal, right, mm. is, is a very common one. Okay, you know, I'm sure that um, you know you get it with your clients too. Yes, with people always assuming that they're the worst of whatever, and actually they're not worse at all. They're they're perfectly, you know. In fact, they're pretty. they're pretty doing pretty good actually. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're just, doing
0: pretty good if they've reached out and found somebody to talk to, and they're creating a safe space.
1: Yeah. So um, I think that if uh, you know now neuroscience and all that kind of thing is a lot more. Um, I think people nowadays have a better understanding that we are programmed in that way. But certainly not 10, 20 years ago, I wasn't. And maybe it's just because I'm a coach that I see all of that in my feed all the time. But the thing is, is even now, really, if you go to some of the big famous coaches and do some of their programs, even they don't tell you this stuff. So Mm -hmm. I only really learned this stuff with one particular program. That I did. Which one? Uh the positive intelligence program. Oh, isn't that a great program? I also okay. did that one. But what I noticed before I did got involved in positive intelligence was uh, through my own experience, is that the very first time I did a 10-day Vipassana meditation course, I noticed a massive shift in everything to do with me, right? my calmness, my, you know, we, we call it the the um sage in the positive intelligence program right but i could really feel all of that and that was years before i did positive intelligence so i knew from something and i knew and i've i knew about the studies that they've done with buddhist monks and that there's a whole areas of their brains that are activated that are not activated with normal people and stuff like that but none of that stuff was as mainstream right it was if you were looking for that kind of stuff then you would find it kind of thing but it wasn't particularly mainstream. So that's why, for me, meditation and mindfulness is a cornerstone of my uh, coaching practice, way before I did the positive intelligence program. But when I did the positive intelligence program, I then understood, oh, okay, so there's all this scientific data that is showing us, I mean, and I'd also started to discover it earlier, you know, there was some research I'd done on thoughts and things like that. And that's when I'd come across, but as a coach, obviously, because it was now my profession and everything that I'd come across many articles saying that 85% of our thoughts are negative in content and they're the same repetitive negative thoughts as the day before and, and all of these things. So yes, I hear what you're saying That until you're ready but at the same time, I think that if uh, if it had been more common knowledge, like if they should teach this stuff in schools, really. OK, what's the point of math and doing algebra and things like that? Like, this is so much more important. Right. I know. I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> Understand how your brain is operating and why you feel the things that you feel. You know, I'm, I'm reading this book at the moment, which is all about how your emotions are created by different, you know, your experience and all this kind of thing. And it, it's just really fascinating the whole neuroscience element of, you know, and and neuroplasticity in general uh, of how to to make those permanent behavior changes. And and that's what I that's how I work okay that's what I do with my clients is that I'm looking to help them to give them the tools that they can use for the whole of their lives so they can deal with any external situation that comes their way where they keep themselves calm and grounded and centered and you know you know coming out of their saboteurs or their negativity so that they can move back into the place of every challenge is an opportunity how do I grow from this that kind of thing that is my aim with working with um, people is to be able to give them those lifetime tools that they can use throughout their life and I think that is something that's really quite priceless in many ways to be able to give people mm. and that's why I, love what I do I agree completely if you had
0: some words of wisdom for somebody listening who's thinking, oh, I'm sitting with this pain, that this difficult thing in my life, and I'm ready to talk to a coach about it, but I don't know if I could ever broadcast out to the world. I don't know if I could do it. And, and, and yeah, I understand what you're saying about how transformative and healing it will be to do that, but I'm afraid. I don't know if I can do it.
1: What, what would you want to say to them? What is it? Whether you feel like on the other side of that, you don't have to share if you don't want to. Okay. So, this isn't, a, this is a, I'm not dragging people into sharing their stories if they don't want to, but you may want to share once you've fully healed. That's the point. Okay. So, once you're fully healed, it doesn't have power over you anymore. It's just something that happened in your past and you've moved through it, you don't need to keep recreating it in the present moment over and over again. You don't need to have your put your hand on the stove and keep it there forever and ever. These things are little reminders. This is all about choosing those thoughts that you have in your head, mm. and it's all about because the thoughts that you have in your head will also create the, some of the emotions in your body. So this is about you choosing, you know, what you're going to think and how you're going to think about it and also you know but but it's also about choosing whether or not that is something you want to share or not you know you might be an introvert and you you could be you could be totally healed and that doesn't mean to say you're going to go around broadcasting your story to anyone my husband for example he's an introvert you know he doesn't talk to anyone about his stuff he doesn't talk to anyone he didn't talk to anyone about when I had cancer when his mother had cancer you know that's just not his thing and that's fine you have to respect the people for who they are i'm obviously a broadcaster by heart by heart and by nature <laughs> having been a broadcast journalist and so you know it seems and also for me it for me it makes all that darkness that i've been through something worth having gone through if i can then share my story and it helps others So that's how I've tried. One of the ways I've taken something that could be perceived as quite dark and challenging, and I've turned it into something light and full of love, and is about serving others. Now that may not be someone else's calling, and may not be their thing, and that, that is absolutely fine. If that's not you, then you do you. Everybody needs to do them, whatever that looks like. But the point is. Do you and don't do these negative voices Mm. that are in your head because that's not you. You are born beautiful, wonderful and an amazing being. Okay, We're all born. I'm not transforming anyone's lives. All I'm doing is I'm helping them remember who they really are. Mm. That's it. I'm not doing anything. That's what I mean. I'm not any different probably at the core of who I am. I just ditched the glitch, the the baggage that I that I you know, ditch the glitch. There. That was an interesting glitch, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> ditch the glitch. You know, because well, we have we all come grow up and we get we have defense mechanisms and and that's normal. It's part of our evolution. Can I just say something? But I'm point- I'm watching you. I know people listening to this. Once
0: this is a podcast and it's out there in the world, they're only going to hear our voices. They're not going to see you or I, but we can see each other. And I'm watching you as you're talking in the same way I might, if I'm in a coaching client interaction, I'm noticing how you are even sort of removing your scarf and lightening layers and lightening up as you're talking. And it's, it's like, I I am witnessing even it's a small change, but there's like a release and the smile on your face right now just looks a lot more at ease. And we've just met, we don't, you know, we met, Fifty minutes ago, 45 minutes ago. And it takes time to develop develop rapport and connection. I feel like we could we could start again now. Like unless I, I read your story and I know a lot of connection points you and I have that you wouldn't necessarily know about me, but I know are there. And there is that energetic spiritual connection, that interconnectivity of all things. I'm just so enjoying being in the present moment with you and appreciating your willingness to take this time and share this wisdom. And I'm, I'm witnessing that there, there does seem to be some, you know, healing or or giving this sort of gift of your story that I, I want to believe is lightening something in you and, and giving you some medicine that you need. I want to believe that. I don't know if that's true. But I just want to sort of
1: check in about that. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. Uh, I do feel energized and inspired, and I feel a lot of gratitude for being helped to A, have a story that's worth, that's, you know, interesting and worth telling, and B, that I can, that I, I finally found the thing that I can, that gives me the impact that I've always been looking to have in the mm. world. Um, when I was younger, I used to say, you know, I want to change the world now that I'm older, I know that I can't change the world. So my whole thing is be the change you want to see in the world. I want to see more love in the world. I need to be more loving to myself, to others. I want to see more peace, joy and harmony in the world. I need to be experiencing that peace, joy and harmony in myself and then you know, sending that out into the universe. So nobody can really change the world per se. But what we can do is we can be that change that we want to see in the world. So the things haven't really changed. Again, it's just that with maturity and with wisdom, I'm able to view things differently. And of course, you know, I'm doing my bit in my sphere with my clients and in my speeches and with my podcasts and all of these things to be getting that message out to a wider audience. Mm. Well, thank you for connecting
0: with me and allowing me to amplify your voice a little more to learn your story and make this connection. And I will continue to be curious about the mysteries of why and how you and I are connected and what, what will come of this.
1: Um, and I'm, I'm curious if there's anything else you want to share. Oh, well, I just want people to know that you're here for great things. We're all here to find our purpose and to live that purpose. And I want people to know that, that death isn't the end of things. Having been through multiple near death experiences, I know that for a fact. And I know that's a difficult concept for many people, and but what it does is it prevents people from truly living. The fear of death and fear in general, which is the ultimate fear is the fear of death. It prevents people from truly living their lives. Here and now, but I want people to understand that you know this isn't your first rodeo. It's not going to be your last rodeo, so just embrace it. In fact, if any, if if anything, um, if there is really a heaven and a hell, the earth is the hell part. Okay, because, because this is where we suffer and we have pain. We have to overcome and we have to strive. It's not like that on the other side. Mm. So I guess want people to really understand that live your best life now. And that doesn't mean to be, it doesn't have to be a, a grand life, yeah? It could be that you have your own little um, allotment and garden and that you've got a little family and you've got your cottage in the countryside. Whatever that looks like for you, yeah? But don't allow fear to stop you from living the life that you truly want to live deep down inside wow otherwise you just have to come back and do it all over again <laughs> <sighs> okay i'm taking that in
0: i'm taking it in like you're just talking to me and i feel so grateful to receive your your words right now i'm just i'm letting them sort of land in my heart, and my soul, like a, like a, like a balm, you know, like a soothing, healing balm that will also be, yeah, sort of food for the soul.
1: I'm glad it landed.
0: That will, that will nurture new, new growth for me. And, and hopefully anyone listening through our connection, through the miracle of the internet and technology and all of these things. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. It's
1: a pleasure to um, talk to you today. Yeah, you too. Thank you for making this happen.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to The Jen and I Project. Check out the show notes for more information. Send me an email if you're interested in being part of The Jen and I Project. If you have something you want to project out to the world in this sacred space with me, Jen Coffee.